and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with one simple common problem. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Exactly. So to solve this issue, we are issuing a challenge. Each week you sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. And then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about the rest of the stories sent in by you wonderful listeners. Exactamundo, we're simply here to help you do the right thing. A Doof, a doof Media, Media Production. production. Um, you may notice um, a little bit of a difference some, in, some, in some the sounds you're yeah. hearing. Some little difference. Uh, and that is because my mic has finally broke. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it died an ignoble yes, very, death very noble. of um, um, USB not recognized. Actually, it was truly tragic. That, um, I am deciding to wipe my memory and everyone else's memory of its memory. Um, but this has been a thing that's been a long time coming. I've been talking about getting a, a new mic for okay. about a month now. But... I uh, didn't want to spend the money, uh, and also I, I held on to the belief that I can salvage it somehow, um, but when I needed it most, it died. Um, so yeah, I'm in the market for a brand new mic. Um, I'm, I'm my... If anyone has one on, on their Craigslist, yeah. you can email us, uh, do the right thing, cast, and we'll give you Patreon rewards for it. Um, We'll give you a personalized thank you message. Yes. Um, I, I can do some ASMR. I've been meaning to do some ASMR. So if you want some custom ASMR, you can email me at alexandra at doofmedia.com. Um, and I, I will make a, a custom ASMR for Actually, you. Speaking of, um, do you think I could buy one of those like ear mics that the like uh, ASMRs use <laughs> and use that for the product? I don't know what you mean. Have you never seen those like ear mics? Literally. Mm-mm. An ear it mic is a mic. And I think it might be like a uh, attachment or something, but it literally has two human-like ears that, like, if you okay. if you rub them, it makes the sound as if you're rubbing someone's okay. ear. Okay, uh, uh-huh. is very very weird. Um, so maybe mm-hmm. I could get one of those and then uh, pro provide you with a in-depth experience of me being there whispering into your ears mm-hmm. giving you some good writer mm-hmm. advice giving you some mm-hmm. encouragement um just a general lovely doof treatment i think is a, is exactly. a great plan so yeah, we, yeah. Say, we, we say all that to say if i sound extra worse today it is because of the mic and not because i'm covered in phlegm why are you covered um, in phlegm because my, my body does 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 this weird thing to where I'm really hot when I mm-hmm. when I sleep, mm-hmm. so I need some sort of fan on me. But if there's some sort of mm-hmm. fan on me, mm-hmm. my body says, "Oh, we need to build up as much mucus in your nose, so you so you don't get sick." Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all throughout mm-hmm. the night, I was sneezing because there was too much phlegm for my body to possibly hold. So yeah. That's wonderful. This is yes. this is the true do the right thing experience. Um, yeah, Omnicron. everyone's got Omicron right now too. So, that's the uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you do you think they intentionally chose like a like a transformer kind of name Honestly, to um, to spook people? I mean, not not spook to like maybe I don't because, know make people more so weird because concerned. we just had plain old um, coronavirus and then we had Delta and then we had Lama, but mm-hmm. then someone was like, you know what? People aren't 
taking this this uh, seriously. Uh, what is that planet-sized trans transformer that people are like really really scared of? <laughs> let's let's do do uh, do that. Uh huh. And now we have Omnicron. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly Which, that was uh, the plan. If you didn't know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, that's that's definitely oh, yeah, that's... behind who headquarters. That's but uh, the, if you didn't know, uh, Unicron is the twin soul to to the first prime, mm-hmm. or I guess the like the like prime spirit, and basically, I thought it's uh like the opposite of Cybertron. Well, yeah, it's because like, it's Unicron because, and Cybertron. Uh, Cybertron is prime, like it's it's the oh. it's the prime spirit. And uh, basically, huh. when, the, when the like godhead of the uh, Transformer universe created uh, Unicron, he was like, "Well, you know what? He's pretty cool, but he's kind of evil. Let me make a let me make a second version from him that's all of the good in the uh, world." And then you know they mm-hmm. they were fighting to where basically Prime uh, pushed their souls, both him and uh, and uh, Unicron's mm-hmm. soul, into a different dimension, and then shifted them back so that mm-hmm. most of their power is stuck in that other d- dimension. Um, but, o- but over time, Unicron mm-hmm. found out a way to turn his body into a Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so uh that's your little that's uh, beautiful yeah that's your little trans- we should we should just lore. be a transformers podcast that's what we should Honestly, do actually there was so much lore so much useless uh-huh. transformers lore that i know that i would love to talk about look i've talked about this before but it was a while ago so i i, I think most of the current listeners have not heard it um that i i used to have one of those big like comic compendiums where it's like the entire series of something it's like a whole like thick book (laughs) yeah i I don't know what run it was all i I just remember two sections that freaked me out okay and they both involved like biological aliens with the with the transformers one was i think cybertron the the planet was having like some sort of apocalypse and everyone was having to leave Mm -hmm. and like some like Decepticons and Autobots, like you, you separately saw them like walk down into the like tunnels underneath Cybertron that had like been loosened up by like a essentially an earthquake, and then a bunch of like demons poured yes. out, like like and they were called demons and they like tore through the 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 Transformers like they were they were nothing like with like these these claws that just like rent through it like just made them bleed basically. Ouch. Um, and that was really freaky because they were like eating them too. They were eating the transformers like cannibalistically, really? like it was and, and like like chewing on an arm, like a severed like arm. Robot demons? No, no, they were wet biological oh, demons. Oh wow, so just straight up demons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird. And then the second thing, also part of that series, I'm pretty sure, um, that th- some Decepticons get on this this alien planet, and the aliens are just like a bunch of like weird like fleshy humanoids like they're very pink and wrinkly mm. um and just it looked extremely pathetic and they just slaughter them as in like cleaving through bodies with intestines going everywhere it was just it was just a lot for a transformers book that i did not expect at all like these poor and like i just remember one panel of like an alien running clearly screaming terrified with his eyes like wide <laughs> open and like basically like running towards the camera with its like arms 
stretched out, like trying to get someone to, to save them, basically. Um, and the, that one also being like totally like cut in half oh, or something. That's Horrible. Um, yeah, I did not. I, yeah, I didn't expect yeah, it. In well, the granted, because because I know like in the Transformers extended universe, they focus a lot more on like the uh, casualties of like war and just like how mm-hmm. this like people are actually dying um which i i kind of hate how like that sort of like darker tone hasn't really crossed over into any like mainline movie um but i also understand why because you can't really sell toys for an r-rated movie (laughs) i mean i don't know i feel like megan fox this whole role in the first movie was enough to like i don't know you could you could push the boundaries a bit apparently um... if you're michael bay yeah, you're right. That yeah. was totally PG and normal and not. Do like, you? I mean, granted, so I mean, like, weird. hey, 13, Bay, 13 year olds uh, are sweaty too. Same as how everyone in, in all of those movies had a thin sheen of sweat all over them. That is true. I will say, in the second movie, when there's like yeah. the, the sexy robot that like shoves like a, a prehensile robot tongue down. Um, Sam, what was his name? Sam, Sam Wiki, Wiki Wiki or whatever. Wit Wiki, sorry. Um, down down his throat, definitely. Mm, that was it was something. It was definitely. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for like me something. watching that, I I was really think, thinking about that scene for quite some some time. But, but definitely had a had a robo robo fetish awakening. Yeah, just like hey, you know what, Sam? Why did you run? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was clearly just. As Decepticon, I mean Decepticons are like uh, it's like a succubus transformer. It's yeah. just trying to show you succubus a good time. Transformer. Ooh, but also that that raises a like another question uh, in our mm-hmm. uh, Transformer hour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is going to be a whole hour. Uh, I hope you yeah. listeners are ready for it. We'll, we'll we'll jump into the actual episode in, in just a second. Yeah. Uh, what what's your what's your addition? Yeah. So um, do Transformers reproduce traditionally because like okay no. if i well... if i'm looking at the second movie right apparently mm-hmm. they are born from like eggs right but like do they have any like real sexuality and like sometimes I feel like they might just take it from humans. Like, True, like yeah. they, they go into human forms. Because, like, half of the time they do end up saying some weird sexual stuff, especially if there's a female robot. Which is really just... What you, that, that says a lot about just your writers in general, doesn't it? As soon as there's a female robot, suddenly they get all horny. Yeah, weird. suddenly. I don't know. Yeah. But there was that, there was that like, uh, the, the motorcycle transformer in, like, the second mm-hmm, or third yeah. or whatever. Um, and definitely, like, she was sexualized because she was just a female well, yeah, she robot. Was a, I don't she was know a white and that. pink female robot who walked like she was on a runway constantly. Um, which, you know, yeah. hey, leave it leave it to Michael Bay to, uh, se- to sexualize a female Transformer even more than he does to semi <clears throat> to like, what, 20 year old Megan Jeez. Fox, right? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it is interesting, I mean, they don't—they're not born with a gender, so they—they they do yeah, choose their gender essentially, choose, yeah. which is which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so all transformers are trans. That's canon. But it does make you wonder why 
the vast majority of the Transformers choose male. Mm, you know, I would say it's because that's 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 how you gain power. It's in it's inside the masculine gender, basically. Um, a lot of it's locked in that. Do do Transformers have testosterone? That, yes. You know what? Yes, I would I would say that. Yes, they. Yep. They definitely act like it. That's for sure. Yeah, it's probably like cyberosterone or something. Cyberosterone. I yeah, they would probably be like, you've got some kind of you're running on diesel or something. Diesel. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay, let's just do the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Uh, if you like diesel, uh, we have a podcast called Do the Right Thing. Where <laughs> that's a such such a such a perfect excellent yes, transition i i've never seen something where better. we talk about stories um, and we and we read one of them live and we talk about it for an extended period of time uh so thank you so much to our writers for this week but the story we will be talking about mm-hmm. or reading and then talking about is going to be by matt said words with the enabler mm-hmm um, speaking of enabling, um, I want just uh, Transformers fanfic yes. next week. So that is my formal re- request. Um, if I don't see that, mm-hmm. I will be disappointed in um, everyone who, who submits yeah. a story. Also, also so, two. Uh, including the ones that actually do send in a Transformers story because you mm-hmm. didn't get everyone else to. So well, also, I, it's I all have or nothing. Two, uh, I have two uh, caveats with that, right? One, mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. to see Jazz in some of these um and i oh, want course. you to try your best to knock make jazz just the black stereotype one <laughs> what are you talking about why would a why would a transformer named jazz be a hmm. be a black stereotype i don't know i don't, I don't know, know, I don't know, know. What you're but about. uh try to not make him only speak in slang and like those like lines that they give to uh every black guy in a like a lot of movies where he's like loud he says oh hell yeah you know like 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 don't please don't do that and 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 two if you do have humans in your transformer story try to make them not useless even though i i know it's really hard but try to make them Mm. not useless um well you remember watching the the transformers the movie from 1986 and that one well, no, because they put them <laughs> in robot suits. They put him. He became a transformer. The yeah. kid became a transformer. He said, he "Transform!" Suit, yeah. And he transformed into a little car. He turned. He turned into a little car. This this is a really small tangent. The only human character in any Transformers anything was from this this like TV series that I had. I don't know what the name of it is, but basically it was this girl who was like hanging out with the like Transformers. And like she would actually like hack like like you know hack stuff and a help right, but the thing mm-hmm. was she was a transformer mm-hmm. the whole time she just didn't know it. What? Yeah. Well, that's that's a little yeah, disappointing, but cool. also cool. I want to be a transformer. Actually, I am a transformer. I'm transforming using wow. estrogen. All right, I'm gonna read uh, Matt Edwards' yes, amazing story right now. <clears throat> So this is The Enabler by Matt Said Words. I spent two years living in a duplex with one of my coworkers back in my 20s. We were young and stupid, to be sure, and we made sure to make the most of those years, taking in junk food and drugs like the college students we were. Okay, the college student I was. Stephen was decidedly not a student, 
but certainly earned an honorary position among those of us enlisted in academia's army. Thinking back, I wonder if it's Stephen I want to tell you about. Him, of the endless conquests and late-night bull sessions. He was the kind of friend you sometimes had trouble remembering why you were friends with. He was a good enough person, I suppose. He didn't make trouble for himself, or me, for that matter, but he had a way of bringing out the extremes in people. One night, Stephen and I hosted a small party at our local, at our little duplex. Luckily, our next-door neighbor was a sweet old lady named Mrs. B, Miss B, who was one too loud noise away from being completely deaf, thank God. She would have undoubtedly called the cops on us had she been able to hear the nonsense that went on next to her. Personally, I think she knew what was going on, and knew, like we knew, that we were entitled to a bit of hell-raising. She would cast knowing smiles and little grins that made you wonder. But that was as far as it ever went. Wonder. Anyway, we had a party with a dozen people or so. I knew most of them, but there were inevitably two girls I had never met. Anyone who knew Stephen knew they were the latest in a long line of conquests. You might be thinking two girls for one guy seems a little skeezy, and you'd be right. Stephen was many things. A skeez, an alpha, a dog. Next to me, Stephen commanded the room, and I was so much wallpaper. I didn't mind. If anything, I preferred it that way. Believe it or not, we made a great team. Stephen kept everyone, and I do mean everyone, entertained. Karaoke, drinking games, party favors, etc., etc., to quote the king. Everyone knew that if you were at a Stephen party, you were going to have a memorable time. With me running defense for him, the parties always seemed to end up a success. No significant spills, no vomit on the carpet, and no tears. The latter was my main focus, since that was where Stephen's parties could go so very wrong. This particular party reached its peak during a game of King's Cup. If you've played drinking games, you know they're pretty much all the same. Draw a card, and let's say you get a nine of clubs. Now you have to pick a word, and then go around the table while everyone tries to rhyme with that word. The first person who can't come up with a rhyme has to drink. During the game, I noticed one of Steven's invitees, one of the girls he invited to bang, to be blunt, speaking with one of my classmates, named Colt. A rare breed of a young man. He was on the shorter side, but his confidence and jawline made him a threat. N not to me. I thought he was the bee's knees, and had honestly tried to wrangle him into living in the duplex with me, rather than Steven, but circumstances being what they were, I had to settle, so to speak. I'm sure that says something about me, but I wouldn't know what. I was torn. Do I try to break up the conversation and get Colt and the girl into the game? Or do I leave them alone to let what might be become? Stephen was enthralled and getting a bit handsy at this point. So I excused myself and went over to chat up the two in the kitchen. Stephen came up with me, unfortunately, and immediately tried to pull his girl away from Colt. Hey girl, you want to get on this game with us? We're just about to start a new round. Oh, I'm okay. I'll sit this one out though. Thanks though. She grazed him and the rest of us with a nuclear smile that must have earned her an invitation in the first place. 
She was lovely, with her shock of long red hair laying against her lean neck. Ah, come on, it's just a game. Come play around with us. Stephen slipped a hand around her back and not so subtly put his hand put his hand along the swell of her breast. She sunk in deep on herself to move away from that touch. Hey, Stephen, I think it's your turn. I pointed to the dwindling pile of cards on the table and those still gathered around it, looking at us. I didn't know it then, but I just committed a miracle. Stephen went back and sat next to the other girl he'd invited along and drew an ace. In this game, that meant everyone drinks until the person who drew the ace stops drinking. Of course, no one really polices that, but everyone was really feeling the spirit of the game, and drinks were long and laid heavy in everyone's belly, subduing them in a red-cheeked, jovial stupor. Thanks. I turned, and the girl, no, the woman, who'd been invited by Stephen, was looking at me. Something you should know, I was no good with girls. I was a pilot fish to the shark named Stephen, and all I could come up with in the way of a response was... Sure, he can be a bit much sometimes, especially when he's drinking. Colt laughed at this and slapped me on the back. You're a good friend to say so. I can think of a few other things I'd like to say about Steven. Colt tipped his beer and sipped it. Monstrous, selfish, and an entitled dangerous prick. Oh, stop it. You would be curled up on the floor in a puddle had you drank half of what he had tonight. She laughed. I learned then that her name was Hannah. I'd always liked that name. I think because it's a palindrome. Really, I think I liked it from the moment I knew it was hers, but time is tricky. What came first, Hannah or the palindrome? I, um, I just didn't want to make you feel like you have to hang out with that. I pointed to where Stephen was drinking after a short mini-game of Never Have I Ever. Apparently, Stephen had, in fact, had a threesome involving another guy. Surprising, but not exactly shocking, either. Hannah laughed and smiled. God, what could men... No, strike that. We were no men. What could us boys do against such a spell? I could see Colt was enamored with Hannah, and, like I mentioned, I thought Colt was the cat's ass. I made my farewells and took up my place in the game again confident that Stephen had forgotten about the duo in the kitchen. The night went on, and the party dwindled as parties do. People departed in pairs and threes, usually in the same company they came. The other girl Stephen invited, I cannot remember her name, made a casual French exit at some point, but luckily not before Colt and Hannah could make good on their own escape. Someone apparently left the back door and gate open at some point, allowing them to go without fanfare. Wink, wink. Colt and Hannah went on to become an item. I would spot them in the student union building, eating lunch together, and occasionally holding hands on their way to the library. It was adorable going on disgusting, and everyone thought they were perfect for each other. And a few months later, Colt took a knee before Hannah and proposed with a small diamond ring. She said yes. Stephen was many things to me, but I think most of all, he was a means to a miracle. My miracle. Their miracle. At a Stephen party, you knew you would have a memorable time. For Colt and Hannah, that memory will last for the rest of their lives. Mine too.
And despite the falling out Stephen and I had a few months later, I can't resent him. He encouraged love without even knowing what it was. I don't know that he knew about love. Not like Colt and Hannah's. But regardless, he enabled it. And that was enough. Well, all right, all right. That is a fantastic story um, that I really liked. Um, on the prose level, I, I really do love this tone, this sort of, the way that the story is being told is very fly-on-the-wall, great Gatsby-esque, to where we do get to not only understand this character of um, Stephen, but through how colored the prose are by this main character we get to really understand um we get to understand this this main character also and i love how throughout it i was sort of expecting something to go horribly wrong but it ended up in a very cute and sweet place at the end um and i i never felt that i was cheated out of that ending because i enjoyed this this ending far more than uh anything (laughs) that i was expecting so overall like this story is really great really really controlled um and yeah while while i was reading it i was thinking about my own steven within my own life so really great job oh you have a like a particular person that you would label in the same way yeah i do huh i i don't know who that would be well i can i I can tell you about it after that makes that makes sense um yeah no um i think this story is a great example of how like even really mundane things um, can really make for uh, a lovely story. Um, you know, there's no, like, necessary, mm-hmm. like, fantasy elements in here. There's not even, like, um, I don't know. I-, I feel like so many sh- stories that are realistic fiction just involve so much violence, you know? Um, yeah. And this is even more mild than that, right? No, there's not There's not a death here. There's just um a small moment that ended up being important um, in kind of showing how um, like the small mom- moments that are like maybe are unpleasant and things um, are still like integral in those other happy moments happening. Um, so yeah, I, I, I quite like that aspect. Um, I like how um, our character here is just sort of a, a passive viewer just just there for the moment basically yeah in some other people's stories not not just in um colt and hannah's story but also sort of passing through steven's story too um yeah i thought that was really really nice yeah definitely and 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 this story has a really strong sense of place even though like i don't think the the duplex was ever described but based off of the people that that live there and this sort of party scene, I can get a really nice scope of um, what this place really does look look like because um, the prose itself are so colored by the characters that that populate this this story, which I think was a really accomplished task there. Um, and yeah, I, I like how the um, like the what end up becoming the main characters sort of just like mm-hmm. slip in near the end. Um, like, Hannah is not named until halfway through, and then Colt is sort of just, he's the main character's friend. I like the sort of, like, fake-out that we're having here of, um, it seems like it's going to be about the main character and Hannah getting together. Um, it seems like that, uh, the main character did have some sort of, like, little, little, little crush, at the very least, on, um, on Hannah. I mean, all that stuff about her lovely name and, and things. Um, so I think that was, uh, yeah, that was an interesting little, um... 
Yeah, very much. So. And I think this this whole story is kind of like a misdirection. I mean, Steven is being built up as a nice guy, but you know that that kind of guy that you don't know how why y'all are friends, which I completely understand. And like, just based off of him being called a dog, a a alpha, a sleaze, you would you would think that there would be a moment within this story where we see that you know very very face value. Which yeah, there yeah again. I mean, there is like a when little he bit, was trying to but slide not, in between Colt and, uh, and I think Grace, yeah. There was that moment where I was like, oh no, here here comes Steven. Um, but I do really like how the the main character sort of functions to like keep Steven on track, um, which was, I think was perfectly in, in, mm-hmm. encapsulated in that one paragraph where it was talking about how Steven has a way of like, making nights mem- uh, memorable for for people but that the main character was playing de- uh, defense you know making sure that people aren't vomiting on on the floor or getting too too drunk or that steven doesn't just go uh, and doesn't just create chaos in uh, in the party so i really like this this idea that was prevalent mm-hmm. in the story of this sort of like this sort of like balancing act that the uh, main character has has to do to, to keep Steven and um, all of the people on on track. Um, yeah, there seems to be a, a theme here, um, obviously with the the title about enabling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we here we have sort of the like the the positive um, <laughs> connotations of of that concept of enabling something good to happen, I suppose. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, though, because it's like, it also, you know, that being the title doesn't imply that the main character is enabling Stephen, which I, I think they maybe are, uh, at least a, a little a bit. A little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm glad it doesn't really it turn out bad within this one. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's an interesting concept to to try to do a twist around. Yeah, and and also, like, towards, towards the end where... Um the persona basically says how like um he would stop being friends with steven after a while i think that you know that was a really nice moment to sort of show the the future past this a moment while not taking focus uh away from um the story of colt and and grace you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah um and um yeah, it's just these like broad uh, brushstrokes of their own story, sort of like having that that passing uh, comment, basically, because um, we don't have to know all the details. I mean, we can we can fill them out, right? We can fill out all the the standard romance stuff, um, and that carries across all the, the same sort of meaning, because mm-hmm. um, you know that's that's a trope too, right? Not a bad one. It, you know, tropes are just uh, they're they're story tools, mm-hmm. basically, uh, building blocks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, I mean, overall, solid, solid story. Um, I love how grounded it is because I know, like, in a, a lot of stories, as as you were saying, stories that try to be realistic always have some sort of like great moment, like you know, like a murder or, or something more, uh, more, more serious. But this, like, as you said, does deal within the mundane, but sort of shows us the tiny beauties and the small uh, the small uh, miracles that that can happen in um 
everyday life. So overall, really great job uh, to match that words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Who is the... Or I guess we let's get into the, the rest of the listeners yes, the story yes. section. So um, the first story we are going to be talking about this week is by No Goodbye with Hero of the Story. So this is also a, a lovely story, also sort of about um, a, a um, one character talking about another. And um, we have this, this storyteller um, talking about um, this hero of the past, uh, this Lady Silver who beheaded this tyrant god um, and eventually passed away, giving herself up in, in that last sacrifice that... that, that what her story called for was um, giving her life um, and, you know, telling just a little bit more about her um, as a person, that her name was Elmira and um, that she was a painter or had a dream of being a painter and that she had um, a romance with a Lady Cora. Um, and basically just sort of reminiscing on this idea of um, the stories that we tell about people and how um, that that's a the way that we remember them and care about them. And though things are like lost to time, the fact that we, you know, try our best to remember them is the important part. Yeah, definitely. Um, I really do enjoy how this story is sort of covering such a wide breadth of um, time, but it really does try and focus on the emotional crux, which is this, you know, this like main, a main character. And, and I do like how, it sort of spells out how history can get things wrong, but it doesn't really question if that is a good thing or a bad thing about how people are forgetting the, the person, but they re- remember the um, symbol. So yeah, the, the, the story was dealing with a lot of great concepts and ideas throughout. And I think it was, uh, it was accomplished through the way that the story was being told as, as in like a third person talking about someone else. It's a really great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love um, stories about stories. I've, I've written uh, several very meandering pieces about that sort of thing, and I, I think it's a very important to explore yeah. that because that's stories how we view stories. the world. Definitely. It's just in stories. Um, well, all right. Up next is by Walker by Faith with The Crutch 4. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we have another uh, character um connected to the alcoholic paul who ended up dying after relapsing um this is with uh his mother i think um audra and um she's waking up in the middle of the night um being hit by a uh a a prank basically uh, with someone bringing a spotlight out to her window just to to startle her in the middle of of the night so Audra uh, apparently has been um, a victim of a long campaign of vicious pranks by the, um, I think, family members of the girl that Paul killed in the, in the crash because she's been involved in all the legal proceedings, basically doing the stuff for Paul because he is too messed up to be able to do it himself. Or he was, anyway. Um and uh, here at the at the end here, it, it takes a turn for the darker because um, on the spotlight that they left, there's a note saying, you'll be joining Holly and Paul soon, um, implying that they want to, yeah, murder her for her involvement in, in helping Paul um, with the legal proceedings. Cool, yeah. Um, so, um, as you can probably tell, the audio is different. 
it is because uh, my secondary way of recording audio has also broken, so that's great. Um, but I will make sure to fix it all in post. So sorry about all of these mm-hmm. audio issues, but next week we should be back up and, and running with crisp, non-clippy audio. Um, yeah, so <laughs> this story is definitely a really great um, next step for this series i i do love how in in the beginning we start with a completely different character and then link to to paul and now we're going to paul's mother i think um so yeah i i I really like how this story is is unfolding and i love this sort of new tension Mm -hmm. these these new pressures that are present in um this latest issue uh so i think wherever this story goes from from here is a really great tra- trajectory, especially since we've sort of switched over so many times. But I love how I'm not confused what whatsoever and how I know the whole story of, of Paul. And now we're just jumping to the next layer in this sort of layered cake story. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm really loving it. I, I'm loving how, how the pros are consistent throughout. And it's really telling this really great story that makes sure to stay close to the main uh, character's heart as all of these as all of these other things are unfolding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um the uh the I, I feel like if we're going to go on to further perspectives, I'm very interested in seeing the perspectives of the people mm-hmm. harassing this poor woman who um, just had a son that was an alcoholic, basically. Um, and uh, yeah, it's sort of what this sort of situation is. But I, I, yeah, I do very much like how sort of um, grounded we are in Audra's perspective and how like nervous she is and sort of exhausted she is by all of this. Um, and... Uh, yeah, now that Paul is gone too, like it's yeah, just just kind of terrible um, that she's still you know reeling from her son's mm-hmm. actions even after he's gone. Yeah, definitely. So again, I'm I'm looking forward to where this story is going to uh, end up going. Um, but thank you again to Walk by Faith by for submitting us another great issue. Um, and our last story for this mm-hmm. week is by a new writer named. Educated Fierce 1978 with a untitled story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thanks so much for joining us, Educated Fierce 1978. Um, probably shorted that, shortened that to uh, Educated Fierce. Um, yeah, so this story is um, with our main character, who I don't know if we have named, um, <clears throat> but she is out um, hunting, and she's recently suffered from like an injury, um, but she's out uh, hunting birds and sort of remembers a little bit of her um father i think um who has has passed sometime in the past um mm-hmm. and she encounters a big um buck that she could actually be very much injured by and in her shotgun is one for birds they wouldn't be able to do anything and um she just has this sort of little encounter with it as they both like size each other up before finally she she's able to scare it off um, and somehow she just gets a feeling that it's her, it's her father that might have been um, in that that deer, and um, by some miracle afterwards, uh, her arm is no longer hurting, um, and so we sort of get the sense that maybe these things are connected, or maybe it's just um, a 
interesting coincidence and um I guess the character is worth uh, pondering that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, again, thank you for uh, submitting your first piece. And this is a really great, great story for our first uh, sub uh, submission. I like a lot of the uh, the a lot of the uh, imagery happening here, um, and I love the the bits about this the physiology of this main character, their their arm hurting, and the sort of muses on um, possible. Uh, spirituality throughout so i think that that this story is definitely working with a, a, a lot of good pieces um and yeah overall i i really do in in enjoy it if you were to continue on on this story the only thing that that i would say is definitely like grounding it within a um a more grounded moment possibly but overall it's, it's really great and i'm so excited for you to be writing with us Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, actually, that's a that's a good um, example about putting in one moment. Um, like I'm imagining if all of the story was just that moment with yeah. the the buck, right? Just like that moment of like silence and tension, and um, you know, just having like a paragraph of just setting that up um, before we get to that that image, um, because those those moments can really like stretch on forever, right? Um, and how she's like connecting that to her father. Um, you know, what advice he might have given in the past and maybe he, she like notices, um, I don't know, something in its eye that reminds her of him, um, or otherwise just like connect to, connects it to that. And, um, I do like that, that connection with the, the arm. I felt like, um, connecting those things together, um, would have been good or, or I don't know, just an example of like, maybe the pain in her arm had just mysteriously started after her father passed and, um, cause you know, that, that's a thing. People get mm -hmm. physical pains from yeah. emotional pains. Right. And then maybe there's some sort of thing about her letting him go with, um, this deer and that makes the pain go away. Something to really just mm -hmm. tie it all together, um, and, and wrap it up nicely. Um, but I, yeah, I really like the pieces that are being set out here. And, um, in, that was just like my, my, my quick, uh, just find some, some connections together. And I'm sure that, um, the author can do something even better than that by actually like, uh, you know, focusing on it, um, rather than me just, uh, doing a quick <laughs> once over. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for joining us, Educated Fierce. Um, and I think this is a, a great start to your Do the Right Thing stories. We would like to give a big old Do the Right Thing to everyone who did submit a story this week. So thank you very much to Matt Said Words. Thank you to No Goodbye. Thank you, Walker by Faith. And thank you, Educated Fierce 1978. Mm -hmm. I guess um, Educated Fierce 1 through uh, 1977 were, were taken. Yeah, I guess so. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> dumb. Yeah. Anyway. And uh, we would also like to say thank you to everyone who did leave comments. Leaving comments not only under your own story, but under someone else's story can condense all of your own ideas on your own story for others to read. But it also provides uh, someone else with crucial feedback that can only improve them and yourself as writers. So mm -hmm. thank you very much to Matt Said Words, Walker by Faith, Glittering Coast, and No Goodbye. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw some wonderful little back and forths. Um, in those comments. And that's always really nice to see. Mm -hmm. If you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing, you can do that by going to Reddit at slash r slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. 
That's right. If you want to see the words as soon as they come out, the best place to do that would be to follow us on Twitter at RightThingCast at... No, just at right thing cast. Uh, if you want to send us an email and, and let us know what's up, or if you want to send us your Transformers fanfic or a request for ASMR, um, or send us a, a microphone, just random examples, or just off the top of my head, um, you can send us an email at rightthingcast at gmail.com. Uh-huh, exactly. And also, if you want to support us and everything else happening in Doof Media, you can do that by going to the, to the Doof Media Patreon. All you have to do is donate $10 or more per month to get access to exclusive bonus content, and, and including the latest episode of Doof Over and any of the other bonus contents that we will be coming out with in the future. Mm-hmm. We should probably do that. <laughs> yes. I mean, hey, if we both watch this new Matrix movie, maybe we'll have one. Sure, sure. It'll probably be... I think uh, they'll also be doing it for the, the, the Doof cast, so it'll be cool to have a... Uh, a double up uh, doof over that way. We could uh, cover the Animatrix again. We could, yeah. I say yeah. again. I, I don't know actually Doofcast ever covered Animatrix. I hope they did. It's quite good. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty good. It's, it's old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which I think is kind of part of the draw, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I ever finished it, though. I think I watched most of them. I mean, because it is anyway. a anthology, right? Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, honestly, I think it's, it's a better... It's a much better... Um, anthology of animated shorts than um fucking love death and robots yeah love death and robots that's i actually would strongly say that um yeah with not every single episode is much better but a good number of them are yeah i mean some some of those in like love death and the robots were all right but it did suck how like there were 10 episodes per season but there were only three good ones per season (laughs) Yeah, and honestly, that might also be a stretch, but that's... Yeah. Anyway, um, this is not the, the Dis Love, Death, and Robots podcast. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of wonderful things going on at Doof Media. Um, they Speaking of the Doofcast, they are just wrapping up their Deconstructing Cameron series, which I thought was really fascinating. Um, uh, I can't remember if... Um, yeah, no, I think they, they did finish it with uh, Deconstructing Cameron um, Avatar and talking about uh, that movie and how... Um, I think their conclusion was that it's, it's actually surprisingly good and that most people do like it. Um, not that it's perfect in any way, um, but it's, it is quite good. And the animation still pretty much holds up um, even now, which is pretty impressive. Um, so if you want to see all of the discussion around um, David Cameron's movies, including Titanic and True Lies and Avatar and um, Aliens um, and Terminator, so just a long, long list of, of very good movies. Um, go check it out on the Doofcast. Yes, yes, yes. Well, all right. I think it's high time to roll into next week's words, don't you think? I do think, Jarvis. Thank you. So, the four words for next week that will be going along with your wonderful stories are Occupy, Layer, Tune, and Static. So, um, Occupy, as in um, to, like, Occupy Wall Street, <laughs> yes. uh, which is to be inside of a space. And um, sometimes it is to be in a, inside of a space uh, when um, something else is not wanting you there. But it can just be just, just, just being there. Um, you can, so you can occupy uh, a, a room. You can occupy... Um, God, it's sounding... St- yeah, Wall Street. <laughs> it sounds so weird. The more I say that word, occupy. I don't know. Occupy. Um, occupy. That's, that feels like a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Occupy. The exact the space type Pokemon. 
the space type Pokemon. <laughs> anyway, the uh, the pastry Pokemon, the eye, eyes and anyway, this is not funny. I'm gonna move on. What's the the next one's layer? Is what you said? Uh, the next one is layer. Um, is that layer as in layer in a cake or layer as in layer of the beast? Layer, layer as in cake. Okay. Uh, so that is, um, one, I guess, uh, God, sometimes not using words is so difficult. Um, one, uh, level with another level on top of it. Um, so multiple levels or, or strata, um, that, uh, basically they'll, they'll usually like form, uh, lines. So onions have a lot of layers that you peel away. Um, there can be a lot of layers in the... Uh, of of geolo- geology of different kinds of rocks um you have different layers of skin basically everything has uh multiple layers of whatever makes it up and um op- obviously you can use that in ways of less like peeling back those layers or um having to move through spaces of layers of different layers of um like buildings and such um what are some other uses that you would you would think of jarvis layer layer cake um mm-hmm layer uh you let me see there were layers to cyberspace Mm -hmm. just just anything with multiple tiers of progression Mm -hmm. i feel like you could make a character say i'll catch you later except they have an accent so they say layer layer yeah yeah (laughs) yeah exactly perfect um yeah someone needs to write a transformer story with that that's the uh that's how they use the word um the next word the next word is tune, T-U-N-E. Um, so like music. Um, so to carry a tune, um, which is a, um, I guess it's closer to the connotation of a melody, right? Or, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, in particular, like a, like a radio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or a guitar. Uh, otherwise, just changing the sound to um, be what you want it to be. Um and those are that's a, those are the ones I can think of. And the last uh, word, static, static, yeah, like, like static, static shock, shock. yeah, like static shock. Um, so that is the sort of random electrical impulses, I guess. I don't know exactly what the the proper term for static is. Yeah. Um, but um, you know what I want to hear more uh, talk of the feeling of putting your hand in front of a staticky TV. That is Ooh, so interesting. That like little, little crinkle that you get. Yeah, on your on your on your hand, it's like a little force field in front of it. I used mm. to try to like push it around. I feel like you sometimes could like you could push the static away for a second before it like regenerated, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and, but uh, yeah, there's static electricity, sort of the the random, um, yeah, random electrical energy and stuff. Um, and static on TV is that white noise that I think is really really cool. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So tell me, what story are you going to be bringing us next week? Um, so I am not. I'll save this. You can ha- you can do the Static Shock uh, um, fanfic. Um, let me just real quick write these down. Static layer occupy. And what was it? Last one. Static layer uh, occupy tune. Tune. Um, so I'm going to write about uh, one day all electronics just get turned to static. Um, which is very scary, um, particularly when you, you have like phones and stuff that never get turned to static. So everyone's really scared. And so everyone uh, went to uh, the government place and um, was like, hey, what's up? 
and the government wouldn't listen so they started singing a, a tune to get the government to listen and they were so they were singing that that song which actually had a lot of layers of meaning which I, I thought was was really really cool and um, the government still wouldn't listen and so they decided to occupy uh, the government buildings except when they went in there all of the politicians faces were static wow. like they like they were all like you know <laughs> um and and then everyone was like we don't have a government and then they descended to anarchy but it was actually kind of nice yeah and i guess it was like uh easier since there was no government they were, they were just static people yeah they were just static people anyone that tried to be part of the government just got turned into static whoa by who mm-hmm. okay okay well my story <laughs> next week is actually going to be about uh occupying wall wall street but it, it is in the um, it's in the milestone universe. So the one spearheading it is of course my boy Static Shock. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, how he goes uh, about it is that he starts off on his like hoverboard, spouting a uh, a whole bunch of like anti-capitalist propaganda, and uh, he also uses his his like static powers to tune every every radio to his voice, so that everyone and the in the whole area can uh, can hear him so after about doing this for about 20 minutes he he then mobilizes all of his units and they start marching down the wall 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 street streets um Mm -hmm. and there are different levels of them there are there are the people that that he knew before people that that sort of planned it with them and then you know a, a a a a couple of layers back it is the it is the common folk but uh, mm-hmm. this, but this protest was pretty good, and it lasted for about three three weeks, until uh, until finally, there was no more stock market. We just said no more stocks. That's it, this was all silly. No more stocks. I'm no done with No more stocks. It. Yes, this is fake money. No more stocks. Fake money. Yeah, I think our uh, our stories could could co coexist. Yeah, honestly, I think they yeah. both happen. I think yeah. we should for next week. We should both write a story together. Oh, um, intertwining. I think that would be the right. I, I think it'd be. I think it'd be cool. Oh yeah, it, it would be pretty cool. Pretty cool to to do. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all the other holidays. Also, yes. Have Thank a great you. time. Isn't it weird how there's only five days or six days between? Between Christmas and New Year's, that's, that's wrong. It's not okay. Why? Christmas it's basically of, yeah. of-